And just like that, here we are, part three, with our guest, Dylan Finks. Another episode of Forgotten Eagles. I'm your host and former everyman at Stanley Community College, the wizard, John Helsebeck. And as always, to be clear, any stories that may sound incriminating, I uh, will say those are made up and the statute of limitations should be ran out on any of this stuff as well. But um, I think it's been fun, man. It's been a fun uh, journey. How are you today, Mr. Finks? Good brother. Um, a day off of work. It was nice. That's awesome, man. And we're actually uh, we, we've got this set up now where Forgotten Eagles will post a brand new uh, podcast every Monday. Every Monday at noon, it'll get you through the week. If they're long, you can pause, listen to twenty minute increments, whatever you need to do. Um, so, part one of 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 your conversation, of our conversation, was posted today. So that's fun, and um, already got quite a few listens. And um, I, I think number two is is fantastic, and number three is going to be uh, uh, pretty cool as well um, as we get into some more personal things with you, and and not so much uh, about Stanley. And, and really, I mean, at the end of the day, everything is is. What, what you go through, you know, puts you on the path of, of where you where you go. So part one was named, Are You Gonna Stay the Night? Um, from Zed, from the great... Um, and I put that in there because people are listening to the very end to understand that reference because that was the last thing we talked about. Um, part two will be called uh, An Italian F.U. And then part three is Ask. So uh, to get this started back off, what, what is Ask again? It's single-handedly the most disrespectful thing I've think somebody can do um it's basically somebody says something maybe like irrelevant and you just say ask and it's short for did i ask did i I ask you idiot you know yeah like why don't say stuff like that like it's just shortened down three letters makes it easier absolutely and i'm i'm uh, extremely proud of you man um i text you that often um throughout you getting the job at rockingham and getting the job at william peace university um and then um now with usa baseball um what's it like um day in and day out with usa baseball and and i do have a, a funny story of when we first saw each other um after a while um at usa baseball um early in the morning when a dad cussed me out but um um, tell a little bit about USA Baseball, what you do there, um, the, you know, the, the, the ins and outs, the good, um, what it brings to the game. Um, we actually have a kid that I know very well that um, just made the, the 15U team, uh, Carson Messina from Somerville. Um, I think it was up to 94 on the bump uh, during the trials with you guys, and, and he made it, and that's awesome. And, and uh, you were also able to see uh, Clown um, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred. <laughs> yeah. Um... It, that last summer was crazy with like getting back into the full summer but um i've been i start i guess i started there about five years ago um as a as a coach for the national team identification series and um it was just kind of like thrown to me because i guess the guy that was supposed to coach just couldn't get up from texas so um i was coaching at peace and i was always there so i was just kind of always around usa and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And um, I did three weeks of it. It was really fun. Um, it took me to um, uh, to be a member of the task force for the 12B national team, which is basically a scout. You watch um, like that national team identification series for a week, um, invite some kids to uh, work out to get like another look at them and see how well um, they can be coached and, and if they 
already have like some of the qualities that you know, the coaching staff for that particular age group is looking for. Um, teach them about like what the standards USA Baseball are and stuff like that. And quiet, uh, dude. Sorry, got a six-month-old black lab right now, and he's super energetic today. Um, and we'll get into that too. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Prelude. But then, pre- yes, very nice. A good a segue. Of, segue. Of sorts. Um, but I, I've also been on um, the women's national baseball team coaching staff um, as a trials coach, which was an awesome experience. Um, got to meet some really cool people there. Um, and then started with uh, some operations work on um, the summer of COVID, um, some limited events, but uh, just did some stuff part-time. Um, last summer, we went from having three events to like 26 events. Um, and we had, and it was an Olympic summer too. So we had the Olympic team, a collegiate national team, the 15 U trials, uh, major league draft combine, and then all of our like showcase events and stuff like that. Um, which those are really fun. All that stuff was awesome. Um, the draft combine was definitely like, that was probably the coolest one out of everything. So, well, aside from the Olympic team, um, but the, the combine brought in a ton of like draft eligible uh, kids just to get another look um, maybe a year in advance or they were eligible for this draft um, and you know you, you, the coaching staff that was there was incredible Brad Penny uh, was hilarious um, you had uh, Raji Davis Mike Cameron uh, Billy Ripken um, Jared Saltomachia uh, Raul Ibanez was there Harold Reynolds um, at the MLB Network actually did it live on Friday, they ran the entire half like so. Um, but that, um, man, um, you know, we had like it was working in operations, you're just like getting everything prepared, and uh, we had like this um trailer kind of deal, like extra offices outside just because it was going to be a busy summer, everybody was going to be out there, kind of spread out a little bit. Um, he was gonna like do like a um an interview in there he was literally flying in gonna be there for like an hour and then leave and part of that hour was um was an interview (laughs) so early that morning like this truck pulls up and they have all this they like take out all the crappy furniture we had in there which was just like folding tables and chairs like for us to sit at and uh they take it all out they bring in um like some couches a TV, like a big TV, like all this stuff. And we're like, it's only gonna be 30 minutes. Like, what, what does he need all this stuff for? And uh, he shows up late. And um, I'm standing on the field, um, just getting some field ops, like work done, whatever it is, maybe swapping out towels, coolers, um, getting another bag of baseballs prepared, whatever it is. And um, <laughs> he's walking by, and like everybody's got a little entourage with him, whatever. Um, he's walking by and like everybody's looking at him and oh they got Manfred, they got Manfred and I'm like I'm not like super impressed so let's just kind of keep the day moving I need to do my job and uh, <laughs> like he walks up and he's like shaking hands with everybody and uh, he gets to me somehow he got to me and like stuck his hand out and goes Rob Manfred and I, <laughs> I just stood there I was like yeah thanks and I just like kept going about my day that was basically it um, but like that whole experience is awesome I got to meet two of my dad's favorite players that uh, he liked from the Mets, um, Ray Searsay and Roger McDowell. Nice. Um, 
spent a lot of time with Roger McDowell, man. And then the three of us sat down for probably like 45 minutes. I was, I was rubbing baseballs up for the for the guys throwing bullpens, and, and they just came and sat down. We started, three of us started rubbing baseballs up together and um, just telling crazy stories and talking about old baseball, new baseball, like what the mix is. They asked me about some of my like philosophies and stuff like that um, as a pitching coach, and it was just a really cool thing to do. And um, I told my dad, and he, was, he almost like fell out on the phone. But uh, yeah, it was, it was stuff like that all summer um, when the collegiate team came in. Um, you know, Sully was the head coach of that, or excuse me, pitching coach of that, and Coach Avon was the uh, right. was the head coach. But um, it was it was fun getting to meet you know those guys, and um, and Troy Tulowitzki was was one of the uh, one of the coaches too. So that was uh, that was a cool experience. But um, Jerry Weinstein, another guy that, that um, you know you got to connect with a little bit from from a development standpoint and all the stuff that. That he does and puts out on Twitter, you get to watch that happen in person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an awesome experience getting to meet all those people right now. Uh, my full time position I started in January is the uh, coordinator of National Training Complex Operations. Um, the basically, you know, day to day ops, field ops, uh, complex operations, um, even goes as far into uh, national team equipment. Um, national team apparel, all that stuff, like getting all that organized, um, help out with the retail uh, when I can. That's always awesome because we are the only USA baseball. So there's just some constant, constant uh, things to do and staying busy with, with all that stuff is, is really fun. Um, seeing everything from that side. Um, and our goal always is to just make the events like something worth remembering. Um, and make sure they flow like real nice and people leave saying, Hey, that was a, that was a great experience. USA baseball is, is awesome. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Getting ready for, uh, the Oh man. Did we do it again? Did we do it again? I think we did it again. all good it's all good and, and we we're we're fine with technical difficulties because um you know we learned how to piece it together and, and we're good to go so you were saying that you guys are pretty much just getting everything ready to go for the for the season and schedule ahead yep yeah um national high school invitational in april uh gonna be the best 16 like top the 
some of the top high schools in the country always having, you know, first rounders, first, second rounders coming in. Dylan Lesko will be here. It'll be fun to watch. Um, Orange Lutherans from California, they're always, they're always loaded. And Coach Borba from, he's a, he's, he's a man. He's been a national team coach. Um, we've scouted together. We've coached together. We've done stuff together. And um, his program is top notch. And I mean, you're, we're, you're going to see if you, if you tune in, I think we're, I think we're streaming every game. Um, some, it'll probably post on the USA website as to which uh, platform, but um quality baseball man like the best you'll see that's awesome is uh, drew jones gonna be there um i i believe so i I'm, i i gotta go back and look at some of these high school rosters just to kind of get familiar with who's gonna be there but um i know there's some teams that are coming that it's some of their first times and, or they haven't been here in a while um we have a couple that that didn't uh that didn't get on the schedule this year that are usually here um but i'll, I'll definitely take a look and man just definitely tune into that if you're a baseball fan it's oh, it's incredible absolutely man i got a quick funny uh, drew jones story um went down to west palm beach for the ultimate baseball championship and um was was watching some guys there and stuff if I, as i've uh you know sent some stuff out to some some major league scouts and stuff and i see a guy or they're like hey you know if you if you're going down there let me know if you see this guy and blah blah i was just um i think b had pitched the day before so he wasn't doing anything that day but so i was walking around the complex and and uh i saw somebody say drew, drew jones playing on this field over here and I go over, big rainstorm comes, of course, you're in Florida, and uh, yep. and I just, you know, start talking to this guy. I'm like, this dude's massive. He's a big dude. We're just talking, and, and um, we talk about the weather. We talk baseball. We, we just chat, and um, I leave, um, and, and about four hours later, we're back at the hotel, and I see on Twitter uh, somebody took a picture with, uh, with Drew and Andrew, and I've been standing there for 45 minutes talking to Andrew Jones about the weather and had no clue what was happening. And um, it was, it's funny, my wife laughs at me because she's like, you know, but it probably was cool that somebody wasn't all over him. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, that's, but, that's the cool part is like those guys blend in so well with the crowd. Absolutely. Not, like you don't even know who they are. Yeah. So. Looking back at the picture, I'm like, dude, obviously that was Andrew Jones. But yeah. in the moment, you're just watching baseball and, you know. Yeah. But, talking. But, yeah. Talking weather. Man. Out. The only, the only two people that I like like superstar type guys that I've truly recognized out at the complex was uh, Mark McGuire and Gary Sheffield last summer was like walking around smoking a cigar and yeah. like I think I looked at like an intern or something was like hey can you get tell that guy to stop he's I'm not doing it yeah, absolutely. I um, actually saw Chef and um, me and Bubba saw him um, hitting in Charlotte one time when we were still playing back in the day. We were in a cage in the off season and um, saw this massive dude hitting rockets down the down the way there. And um, he stopped, shook our hand, and, and I think we talked for three or four minutes and left. A super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he is a good dude. Um, yeah, th- those are the types of those are the types of people like you expect to be like bigger than they are not physically because they are actually right. definitely bigger yeah, than, they, than you think but uh you know they just they hang out with the parents of their kids team uh my favorite one was um uh Jaden Stroman's dad Marcus Stroman's dad yeah yeah uh tw- is like 11 you and he's uh, he's 
playing. Uh, I think I think it's trials maybe. Um, and you know, Marcus Stroman's dad is a freaking monster. He's huge, like biggest biceps I've ever seen, and like proportional too. Like he doesn't skip leg day, and he just he's just hanging out in the crowd with the parents. I'm like, oh yeah, it's uh, it's Mr. Stroman. God, yeah. man. That'd be Massive. Good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were telling me, too, um, at USA Baseball, um, if you guys have ever watched um, um, Playing for Peanuts, Wally Backman, um, <laughs> I, I had a legendary uh, ejection. Um, and when uh, all the guys hear this, the ball was fair. Um, don't don't even joke. I, I still can't get over that. Um, and it, I, w- I was similar to his crazy ejection. But um, one of the guys from that YouTube sensation video is is working there. Man, he is actually one of the, on our national team staff. Um, Fifteen, maybe eighteen, one of the two. Um, but yeah, I'm like. We're having a, we had a coaches meeting, a coaches and scout meeting um, when I was on task force. And uh, guy comes up, looks kind of familiar, introduces himself, and Steve Butler. And I'm like, wait, Stevie? You mean Stevie go to second? Stevie go to Stevie go to short? Stevie go to? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, like this grin on his face, and I was <laughs> like, man, that is the most legendary thing. I had ever seen in my life, and uh, he, we talked about a little bit about um, playing for Wally, and um, kind of gave me the rundown on that summer. I guess it wasn't like all that the uh, documentary like had it out to be, right? Um, but like the documentary, he, he said the documentary is hilarious. Like he always gets comments from people about it, and um, yeah, that, that was a that was a funny moment too. Well, another funny moment, um, and it's funny now because I'm actually um, I do some work with uh, one of this guy's neighbors, uh, great kid. Um, but um, I, I go up, and um, I wasn't at the first weekend uh, for Braden playing because that's when we had Oakley, and mm-hmm. um, and so I go to the next one. I forget maybe we're in Atlanta um, or something, and then you turn around and drive to. Um, I forget where we were, it was Greenville, and then you go back to Cary. It was just a man, what a summer! But um, I go up, and it's um, if you follow the wizard on Twitter, and, and if you know me at all, um, I, I don't, I just say things, I, I tweet things that are facts, factual, and things that I try to help people understand, especially parents. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I tweeted, we're down in West Palm Beach, it, it was, we were coming from West Palm Beach. Uh, kid, they're actually playing. Uh, um, speaking of old names, um, oh my gosh! Oh uh, my heavens, my goodness, this makes me look terrible. Uh, what big, big what lefty, organization was it? Big lefty Milwaukee Brewers, Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder. Yeah, thank you. Prince Fielder's uh, son was on the team they were playing at the time, and um, it, you know he was he was decent, but uh, I didn't see yeah. Prince at all. I was looking for him because he seems like a cool guy, and um, so. This umpire is calling things way high, man. I mean, it's early in the morning. I mean, he calls stuff like at the eyeballs, legit. And he strike, and um, the pitch going ballistic, and they're going ballistic. And long story short, the parent, one of the parents, goes, and I didn't know who says it. I stay away. I stay way away. And, and I'm way back, like almost at the other field, because there was actually a couple of kids from Little Beach playing there, and they're getting ready to play there. And I talked to those guys, and this parent, the a foul ball. The um, umpire like right in the throat, foul ball, 
and it was an elevated fastball. And this up, this dad goes, "That's what you get. That's what Ooh. you get. If you're gonna call pitches up there, that's what you get." And I'm that's like, "No, no. Wow. Okay." <laughs> so I I tweet. Look, parents, it's a bad look if you're going to say that's what you get when an umpire gets a foul ball smoked off of them. Yeah, that's not a good feeling because, I mean, it comes back a heck of a lot faster. That's what people don't understand. Yeah, I mean, so I tweet that and four days go by. I think we drove back to Myrtle Beach. We had a day and a half to see Oakley and the girls and and then we head up to Cary. And I've been texting you. I was pumped to see you. And... um, and and everything and and I go out there, walk out. We had what, what do you guys call that in the morning that they do? Um, oh, the uh, PDP testing. There you go. And yeah. so we show up for that. And the 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 team. There's a lot of teams out there, and they're all running through different stuff. And I'm sitting there looking for you. I'm half asleep, man. We had drove up the night before. We're out there at like we got up at like six. I think we had to be there at 7.30 or something. And um, looking around for you, I'm looking at my phone, I'm half asleep. And this guy comes up to me with a very shaky voice. And um, and, and he was like, who are you? And I was like, uh, who are you, you know? And yeah. and, and he says, I, I, you subtweeted me. I'm like, I don't know who you are and I don't understand what subtweeted means, sir. Um, and, and he just goes, he proceeds to go off on me about, um, about I tweeted about him and I didn't have the nuts to say something to him in person and like uh, who, who the F are you? And I remember Fink's walking up about that time and I was like, dude, this dude's like cussing me out. And you're like, yeah, ask. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Take that stuff elsewhere. Yeah, just ask. See ya. <laughs> but uh, the guy just, oh man. And, and that got the, the USA baseball thing uh started off but Brayden actually made the uh the the all tournament team for that week so that was pretty cool oh yeah that's a it was a champs event right what's that the North Carolina champs event I think I guess uh, is what it was uh it was 15 or something yeah yeah okay yeah that's, we had, I mean, yeah, that's Texas always 12. a good one Texas yep. 12 was there and all them <laughs> Bet, look I mean I know my brother is a Dirtbag guy sorry if the Dirtbag guys get upset about this but easily the best showcase uniforms combos ever classic little a&m yeah a little oh, a&m look to them oh my god man and they're they didn't happen to be too bad either they're pretty good yeah pretty pretty damn good so um dude man super proud of all you do at usa baseball um, Thanks, looking forward Appreciate to it. getting up there i mean for sure man it's what a great complex and um i mean just uh, being able to sit with you and look at the track man and all the stuff that um again i don't believe is like such like the end-all be-all with all the technology right. but it was cool to sit with you and, and just see the difference in guys um spin rates and and exit videos and all the stuff that you guys have there um, it's a one-stop shop for sure, and I don't know how much like public um, tournaments you guys do and stuff like that. But any any team out there that can make a uh, trip to to carry and and, and play in, in any of those tournaments, man. Um, not saying it because just you, but I mean you obviously made it a lot better than than it maybe was. But it was just a great it was a great week. Um, yeah. It's not as I mean your your bathrooms are air conditioning so you know it was it's hot as hell but you got shade you got everything it's just a good food the food's great I mean it food was is um, good shout yeah. out Tim man I mean fed me almost half the year and half the calendar year for about five years out of peace so appreciate yeah. you. 
Absolutely, man. So, um, man, I just, I, it's funny looking back at, you know, just a, a little kid that get, was getting home run balls and then a kid that you, you recruit in college and then a kid that moves on and, and starts coaching himself. And, um, and I remember, man, we, we've talked a lot over, you know, I don't think anyone will ever have a coach Taylor like I have, but hopefully I've been able to answer some questions because I know we've talked a lot over the past about certain things and, um, just it's just awesome man to to have guys it's always good to talk to um i can't wait to talk to like a colby bartlett who's now um working for hendrick motorsports man fantastic job i would love that job oh Uh, yeah yeah it's really neat though to talk to your boys that you've coached that are that are still involved in the game because you kind of have a little extra connection there that um that's that's just um a brotherhood thing that not many people can have in the fraternity yeah, no, I mean, and that's uh, that's the fun part about baseball too. Is like, even if you're not in it anymore, like you'll still be able to sit down with baseball people and just kind of shoot it a little bit for fun. For sure, man. And you spend a lot of time. Um, I know you've had some had fun. Uh, just just give me a couple of names and, and some quick stories. Um, I, when I was at Stanley, I was able to go to the uh, the um, ABCA conventions. Yeah. Uh, and and a couple of times and man they were fantastic they were most mm-hmm. so fun uh, a lot of fun um when the meetings are over and you get to go out at night those are fun um, oh yeah but, but i mean i got to listen to jack leggett i got to listen to um um uh, all all these great names um augie garrido and these great guys um talk and it was just a great experience i know from just talking to you randomly throughout the year as friends do um i know that's something that you really enjoyed a lot too yeah, um, I mean, anybody that is involved in, in especially in coaching, um, I don't think there's a better event for you to go attend, um, go network, go learn. Uh, you can be one of those guys that, um, you know, sits in on every single, you know, every single speech, um, go to every single expo, you can sit there all day, or you can be one of those guys that um, kind of in between, like you pick and choose your schedule, who you want to hear talk based off of you know, your interests and then you know, go network, um, you know, go out wherever it's at. It's baseball people, right? So, I mean, everybody's hitting the Hooters. Go go to Hooters. Um, you'll run into somebody there. Um, and just kind of hang out with people and, and get them, get to know them on a personal level too. And uh, just a wealth of information there. It's, I've, I've been to three, I think, two or, two or three. I uh, know two, the COVID, the one last year was canceled. Yeah. Um, but you know, now that I'm not coaching anymore, going up there would be probably to like represent USA in something. Um, but if you're a coach, you, you can't miss that. It's not expensive. Um, and if and if it, you know, if you're like a if you're a Bali, you're like scrapping money together. I know you got some friends that are doing the same thing. You know, you guys get together and put six of you in a hotel room and, and split it. You know, and, and pay for your flight or ask your coach to play, to pay for your flight because you're going to go up there and get some knowledge. Um, that's, that's the best way to do it. Absolutely, man. Who's the best guy you heard uh, do a lecture? Man, uh, Leggett's was amazing. Um, hey, seven, he, seven is a G. Dude, I'm, man, look, that guy is that guy's an absolute stud when he when talk just talking baseball, like talking to you about baseball, like his the things that he did. Um, I had uh, Tim Corbin, obviously was was great. Um, uh, 
God, what, um, Nate Yeski, uh, I sat in on his, my first ABCA, um, and he just went through a whole pitching platform, Matt Hobbs, um, technology and baseball, and then what to do on a low budget with technology too, was absolutely fantastic. Um, my favorite one was Coach Jackson from, uh, Southern University. Mm-hmm. Um, they had just, he had just come off of a record year. I think they won like 30 some games, over 30 games during a regional, um, the year before they were like nine and something and so our whole coaching staff went in there and sat in on that because we were trying to do the same thing and we wanted to hear kind of what what kind of culture he created and things that he did to, to turn the program around so that was a fun one too yeah, but awesome. uh running in jim Slosnagel um in the elevator like physically running into him mm-hmm. um that that was my like most embarrassing moment um and then we all had like way too much to drink at Jim Morris's retirement party that Adidas threw him. And uh, I almost jumped in his Uber and he like got pretty pissed at me. So. <laughs> and uh, Jack Leggett, um, AKA Seven, he has a new book out that's pretty cool. He was on the Reform Sports Project podcast with uh, Nick Bonacore not long ago. And it was a very, very good podcast. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I'll share that again. I have before on, on Wizardville 23 on Twitter because it's just a great thing. And uh, like it always, always delivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great speaker. So uh, back to Stanley here as we kind of wrap up uh, uh, Dylan Pinks for, for now. Like I said, you guys will be back on some Sports 30s with multiple guests. Uh, I think that'll be really fun. Um, but, you know, the Ironman Challenge was something that I created um, and seeing guys do, you know, like the Omaha, Road to Omaha. And like, you know, you see the TCU videos back in the day and all that. And um, just wanted something to kind of bring camaraderie together and, and kind of competition as you put. Um, we, we put our, I think we took our best guys, um, our most productive guys on and off the field. And we had like six teams um, and we, we, we had captains and then we, we let guys draft. Um, and you, you had to run, run the loop. Uh, together and then each guy had a uh, event that they had to do whether it be a parachute run uh, flipping railroad ties we had randomly a, a heavy roller that I mean god knows how heavy that thing was if you could pick it up um, just random stuff we had um, down at the dawn um, it was cold it was raining actually that day um, what do you remember I know um, you talked about that and I still go back like you do and look at that video every now and then that um, Dutter put together for us uh, and put on YouTube, but um, what do you remember about the Ironman Challenge and um, and and um, just that whole that whole experience? Um, it, it was fun, man. Like I remember it being cold and rainy, um, which like didn't really deter us from like dressing the way we wanted to. I'm pretty sure we had a team that uh, was just in bathing suits or something, or like bathing uh, suits they, and, they were just yeah. in, um, in in draws. Uh, yeah, yep. Niners, and you guys were Team Bodacious. Team we, had team, we had team GTL and we had uh, um, GTL was like Manny uh, yeah. and one uh, white dude Harrison Revels yeah Mario no, and, Taylor, and, and yeah. Taylor Green too I remember you was on that one yeah Taylor Green yeah that was a good group now um, I remember I think we got like a little bit of practice for like our quote unquote event um, and I was the railroad tie flipper yeah, ju- uh, we also had jump rope and the up downs. So you had to do yeah. 100 up downs or something. Yeah, and the, uh, we had the medicine ball carry. Um, yep. We had the parachute run, and then we had to finish with like the army crawl. 
under the benches that y'all made and like spraying us with a hose. It was, yeah. It was intense. Um, yeah, there was two loops or something like that, maybe one loop, and then um, go right in your event. Right, we ran through it. Like, my team was first, and we were in first place all day until like the last group, and we lost by like a second. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, camaraderie. Um, that we had to spend some like time with. I, like, I think I was the only pitcher. Um, well, maybe one of two pitchers on my team, and uh, like yeah, the Tyler Bryant was on your team. Yeah, yeah, that him, the Imes brothers. Oh, Allred. Yeah, all, well, Allred. I remember. No, Allred was on the blue team with Holt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, he did the up downs. Remember, he just yeah. like he got his know. nipples pierced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a, actually a great bet that we made with him. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was fun, man. Like that was probably one of the most um, like team oriented things we did on the field, um, and it like very competitive, but like brought us all together and, and we had a blast doing it. I know. And actually, looking back, I believe that is the event that Jay Wall was suspended from um, because he, looking back in the video, he was not in any of that. And whoever, whatever team he was on, actually lost a player. So one guy had to do uh, yeah. two events. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's what that was. But um, I, th- I think it ended up being being pretty cool. And, um, you know, we, we did it the next year also. And, um, it was something definitely to look forward to. I was competed, man. Um, I'll never forget the video of Aaron Sneed is sitting there and he's just going through like a boxer doing these jump ropes. Yeah, man, and he ripped through those things. He did. And whoever was videoing at the time, I don't know if it was me or Menor or I know Lamb walked around all day under an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do remember that. It's on the video. You can see that. And um, But I do remember um, the, the camera kind of pans off. And Holcomb had just finished his. Josh Holcomb had just finished his event, and you can see him just exhausted, man. Yeah. And it was it was cool to see. It was like a like a like a almost like a marine, man, just like you know trying to get his breath and, and you know ready to go back to work. It was it's really needed. Yeah, it was definitely what you felt. I mean, you were you bet you had the one event, but I mean, you just busted. Like that's probably the fastest loop we all ever ran, um, and then trying to move through it as quick as you can too it wasn't even like a rep thing it was like you know get get through with this as quick as you can so like everybody put all their effort into it drained us but it was fun it was it was awesome man and um you know we'll finish up with some stanley stuff here shortly but um i actually married a my first wife was from graduated from West Forsyth High School. Um, you knew her and her sister and her family, of course. West Forsyth's a tight knit bunch, um, and um, the Titans will reign forever. And um, when you came down to Myrtle Beach to help uh, with the Diamond or with the uh, Diamond Wizards camp, mm-hmm. um, when you um, knocked the baseball off the tee, um, we we had a we had a night to uh, we could go out and have fun. And uh, we were able to sleep a lot the next day before you headed back to Winston-Salem or, um, or Rockingham, wherever you were at the time. Um, so we, we decided to go downtown Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you listened to the Derek Moses where he got in the wrong car. Um, that did not happen that night. But we did run into some guys. Uh, Lee, I think Lee J was there. Was Lee J there? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Lee J and uh, I think Ben, I think, is the other Yeah, Ben Botel, one of his yep. buddies, coached the younger team. So Lee J and Ben were the coaches of the 13U team, and I was a coach of the – this was the first year of the Wizards, and I was the head coach of our uh, – uh, showcase team um, and so we went out and the next thing I know um, a guy one of their buddies um, broke a pool stick wanted to fight somebody actually what he at the time um, and what do you remember about that night because um, it was a funny story uh, I remember walking into the Bowery um, such a great and, place yeah I mean you know it's it's an Alabama bar like the band so yeah um, a lot of like memorabilia and stuff around. Like, I mean, you just felt like you're walk. You like kind of were at the beach, but you're in this like really nice biker bar kind of deal. But like, not everybody was. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like dangerous or anything, right? We were just we just a regular beach bar. Right. But, Let me explain uh, this real quick because like I'm a beer connoisseur. If anybody knows me, then they know that um, no one wants to go in a drinking contest with me because that's just I don't know. My wife looks at me sometimes. She'll open the fridge and be like, "Where'd they go?" And like I don't know, and she's no, like, but she's like, but you're fine. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's my blood, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's one but, of those things we yeah. probably kind of have in common, unfortunately. Yeah, and, you know, this neither here nor there. I mean, it is right. what it is. You know, it's a blessing in my eyes. Um, but the Bowery has a. If you want a beer, it's old school. You you get a beer. You can't order like a Michelob Ultra or a or a Bush Lighter, a Bud Lighter. They have a beer, and technically, it's supposedly a Budweiser on draft. However, to me, it is the absolute best tasting beer of all. Um, it, no matter what it is, they have one beer. They serve it like they did back in the old saloon. Um, and but the, here's the deal: the beer is actually at this random temperature. It's not hot. It's not warm. It's not cold. It's between cool and um, stagnant. And for whatever reason, then things go down very, very easily there. They, they nailed the, the temperature of this deal. Yeah. No, it was, uh, there were a lot of beers consumed. I do remember that. Yeah. So go ahead. I do remember that. Um, I know we were running the pool table for a little bit. We did. Um, I mean, it's, some, it's kind of a little blurry, um, but I do remember – this guy, like, I don't, I don't remember if I was playing or if um, if I was just watching. But, uh, yeah, this guy got pretty upset about um, losing to somebody. I think it was Lee J. And uh, broke a pool stick, like, over his friend or something. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and, and Bitter is the owner um, in there. If you go in there to uh, to get some wings, they, they have Spitter's Wings. And um, Spitter is his nickname. And Spitter is the owner. And Spitter, because, you know, I, I, I frequented the place um, a lot. And um, he was like, John, what the hell, man? I'm like, dude, I don't know this guy. He was like, you going to pay for it? I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know this guy. Yeah, it was a, that was like Bull Durham moment. Um, yeah, it was. paying for that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess. But I don't know who he is. The mirror, jeez. So, um, I do remember that um, the, the whole group was told to leave, and um, I think you and Chelsea went um, somewhere. And and me being me, and, and you know being full of myself, I think I went back in and talked to Spitter and stuff. And when I left, um, I got a little confused of where I was, and a police lady um, stopped me walking down one of the alleys, and she was like, "Sir, are you all right?" And I was like, "Yes, ma'am." 
And she was like, you're not driving nowhere, are you? I said, no, ma'am. She was like, where are you parked? I said, I am not sure, but my friend and my wife are somewhere, and that's where I'm headed. And she got me um, directed to the White Tacoma, and, and that's where I went. And um, we got a ride home, and there we go. Bam, woke up the next day. That was, yeah, it, was, we, uh, it was a miracle. It was, and um, it was it was fun. We had a funny story we could tell uh, at some point. I wish you were involved in this. It's such a Dylan Fink story. Oh, uh, you have to ask Jacob Russell sometime about when um, they were being attacked um, by airplanes dropping bombs on them uh, <laughs> when we were in, 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 in Cape Landing because that was just one of the funniest things ever. Um, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, for sure, man. But, um, but no, I, I can't appreciate you enough for coming down. Um, I know that um, a lot of those kids probably don't even remember um, anything they learned that day, um, but you brought a, lo- a wealth of knowledge to to the program, and um, we're able to um, you know help those guys and, and teach um, at the at the camp, and then we were able to hang out and have some have some fun as friends uh, later on, and and um, you know it's cool that we still get to live and, and tell about it because it was it was a fun time. We ate wings, we drank beer, we um, shot pool, we ran the pool table for quite a while until some Yahoo. Uh, you know, broke the pool stick over his buddy's back and we didn't even know who they were. They were just there. And I still have a picture. I can find it. We'll post it on Forgotten Eagles um, of a selfie taken that night with me, you, Chelsea, Lee J, oh, Ben, and a couple other guys. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see that, actually. Um, so I, I, you're going to need to post that. I definitely will. And to stay with the uh, uh, the baseball front, um, you've been around a lot. Um, I don't know how much you um, – deal with uh his name his last name's halpert correct um at usa baseball yeah yeah coach halpert um yeah. awesome dude i was able to talk to him um quite a bit this summer and i know he's one of the guys that kind of puts the national teams together um and stuff like that it's just it seems like a tremendous baseball guy i don't really know much of his back um his backstory and everything but but anyway um you know, when it comes to recruiting, like you had texted me about the other night, man, just go ahead and, and go off for, for kids that are listening um, and parents that are listening um, about recruiting, about getting to the next level. Um, what, what you know, you've learned from Halpert. He seemed like such a great guy to me. Um, and, and he might not be. I think he is. But, um, you know, just just recruiting 101-ish. Um, I think with Dylan Finks, it's probably recruiting uh, 101 a, um, it, it's better than anything you're going to hear. Um, you've been, you've played at the JUCO level, you've coached at the JUCO level, you've coached at the D3 level, and now you are um, able to coach at the national level. No matter the age, um, getting to be around diverse kids and diverse groups and all the ABCA conventions. What do you see right now um, in where baseball is as a whole in America, and and what these kids are doing uh, recruiting wise, and and what you like about it, what's being missed, and what your thoughts are? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, recruiting standpoint, I guess I could, you know, I could go on about that for. For forever, honestly. Um, from a coach's perspective, um, at the Division Three level, um, you know, there's no money there. So our goal is to be able to like really um, hone in on development. Um, sometimes it's a one-year thing. Sometimes it's a four-year thing. Um, but I would say, you know, whoever's recruiting you isn't gonna necessarily, um, you know, feed you a bunch of stuff that. They're, give, they're giving you they're giving you facts like they're giving you facts about their program facts about what um, they do now it could be different from what you've heard from other people from other coaches and that's where I think 
um, you know, recruiting gets a little shaky is, you know, this coach, um, you know, told me this, this coach told me that, but like it's a program fit. And when they approach, when a coach approaches you um, to talk to you about playing for their program, it's because like they see something in you that fits in their program, whether it's your play or a combination of your play and, and what you do when you're not on the field, um, how you react to success or failure. Um, you know, th- those are the those are the things that I used to like to look out for. Um, other than you know what you did on the mound, like I, I was a pitching coach, so a lot of what I uh, focused on was pitching. Um, but you know, would see guys that I know, like our coaching staff, would like to work with playing positions. Um, but like, it, it's the stuff that surrounds it, um, especially for for college. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of distractions when you're in school, uh, when you're off on your own. Um, and you gotta, you know, you gotta find the right thing for your program from a number of different perspectives. If you haven't been approached by a coach yet, but you want to get your name out there, shoot a personal email to a coach. Find find the coach that's in charge of recruiting. Do not send an email to Tim Corbin, and if you're interested in going to Vanderbilt, uh, like the dude's got a lot going on. Send something to the guy that handles the recruiting. Um, <laughs> And, and make it per- and make it personal. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how many times my I mean my last name's not easy to spell, but if if my last name is misspelled, I'm I'm actually fine with that. What I'm like not cool. At least you type it out. What I wasn't cool with was, um, you know, you send copy and paste an email. You forget to change the coach's name. Uh, you forget to change the the school's name that you're reaching out to from the previous email you had. And, you know, like, oh man, this dude's lazy. Like, you won't even type out an email. Um, I, I mean, if you're not going to go, you know, look over your grammar, but, okay, man, that's stuff you can learn. You know, whatever. I'm not worried about that. Um, what we're worried about is, is are you like just blasting yourself out there, or are you really wanting to be a part of our program? Um, <clears throat> when it comes to like what you do off the field as well, like the school, I mean. I'm probably not the post. Not probably not. I'm definitely not the poster child for, um, you know, how you handle, how you know, I handled myself in the classroom was not the best. But um, I've always been able to use that as a way to, you know, show my kids that I coach or coach, you know, this this is the direction that you could be headed in if you do this differently. Um, you know, stay on top of your schoolwork. If you want to go somewhere, research that school. Make sure that. It's, it's got the things that you want um, as far as majors go. Check to see what, what they need from you, too. Like, if you're hovering with, like, a 2.8 and you need a 3.0 to be considered, man, you better know that stuff because nobody's going to cut you a break. Um, that's just the way that's just the way it is, and rightfully so. Um, but stay on top of that. Your social media, like, I don't know how many times – you know, we, we started recruiting, we started recruiting a kid um, at Peace, and we go back in their social media, like check their Instagram, Twitter, um, whatever else they had, and just like browse through, see what kind of person they project themselves to be, because everybody puts, you know, whatever school they're playing for and what number they are and pictures of themselves in their uniforms when they're in college. Um, but if you've got some stuff on there that might be like detrimental to your reputation or like the program's reputation in the future, probably not going to be a good fit for you. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, off the field, like those are the things I would say, you know, pay the most attention to. Um, transitioning to the field, I mean, hustle. 
you know, get on, get on and off the field quickly. Everybody wants to play the game with pace. Yeah, if, if somebody's – there are times where I've watched just a kid running on and off the field. Like, hey, he's an okay player, but maybe he made an error. Did he get off the, that inning? Did he get off the field quick? Um, you know, what you do when you warm up, it's not um, – you know, that's it's an important piece in college. Like, man, you, you can show up some programs three hours before game time to start your warm up. If you're strolling in to a game, you know, you still got your slides on, your shorts, and you got to change your pants, you tuck your shirt in, you take your time getting out, and then you do a couple arm circles and start. Like, man, you're injury prone. That's that's my first thing. You know, I, I want to see you show up to the field dressed, ready to go. Um, you stretch with your team. You go through, you know, something that gets you prepared for a baseball game, and not just physically, but mentally too. Um, you know, you can stretch your butt off and, and talk the entire time, and just miss out on stuff going on around you. Um, but it, what you do leading up to that is super important. And please, like, stop with like your moms and girlfriends carrying your stuff. And, that's that's a bad look too. Like, amen. They're not they're not going to be there for you. Like, nobody's going to carry your stuff. I don't care what program you're at. You're going to you're going to carry your own stuff. So, um, don't start that stuff now. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of how well you you lock in um, before a game and what and what you're doing um, on the field during a game. You, you could go for four, strike out a few times, whatever. But you know, I'm that. Um, are you slamming your bat? Are you being a bad teammate? You know, looking at the umpire, like stuff like that just doesn't fly. And, you know, it's very cliche probably for kids to hear all this stuff. But man, I, I promise you, yeah, you can be as good as you want. I've, I've seen some of the best 12 to 18 year old kids play baseball at the highest level possible for that age. And they don't do that. Some 16, 17 year old kid on the varsity team and you know, you got all the flair and you're the guy and um, you're bringing like, you're bringing energy, but it's like cocky, ignorant energy and, and you're not hustling, stuff like that, man. Nobody, nobody's going to, nobody's going to take a look at you, man. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So, you know, play, play with, play with your heart, but also use your head, you know, and, and do the, do the right thing. Absolutely. And to piggyback off that a little bit, um, when it comes to those emails and stuff, um, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I know I'm not the only one, and and I was, um, I was that was confirmed at my first ABCA was, um, guys, when you write your address down, please God put your zip code. Yes. Like, it's not complete. It's not complete. I can live at at 141 um, Junebug Drive, Myrtle Beach. Okay. Yeah. What is the zip code? Yeah, seriously, like the Pennsylvania Avenue. Like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to send your recruiting questionnaire to the White House. I want to send it to the Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue in Kansas. Actually, yeah, it may, it's so frustrating. And then to also, um, like you're talking about running off the field, body language. Um, we had a kid um, that that Lamb was at an email, and he was always get he would get high on guys without even seeing them. Um, Jorge Urena, I love Jorge. Uh, love Jorge, great kid. Um, but but he acted like we got a first rounder. Yeah. Uh, I was going to look at a first rounder. Jorge was not a first rounder or a 40th rounder. Um, but he act just, you know, but I went to watch Justin McDowell, the one AKA Goobs, and, um, and, and his body language is what sold me on him. The kid had a motor, had a high motor, 
and and would not quit. He ran on and off the field, and um, was just just ready to go at a. He was like a minute man, ready to go at a minute's notice, and um, and body language that 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 little bit can get you from a uh, sharpie black mark through your name, or you know let, let's call this kid back. Also, um, recruiting parents when a when a scout comes, and I know you've gone out to games, high school games and stuff, or, or even. Um, as showcases, you have parents come up to you, I'm sure, right? And oh, man, it's incredible. Like, you would think that, like, they are like their agent or something. Absolutely. And and I'll never forget, I tell this story a lot. And I went to Sun Valley, it was me and Minner. And um, uh, it might, I don't know if it was Minner. I feel like it was Minner, but Minner wasn't there at the time. It was me and somebody. It might have been a player going with me. Um, and uh, we went to watch J Wall play at Sun Valley High School his senior year. And um, J-Wall went like 0 for 3. I think he had 1K and he flew out deep, loud out. And then he had a line drive right at the third baseman that was caught. And um, a guy comes up to me throughout. And he's like, uh, he kind of corners me at the end of the game. And he's like, so uh, so my, my son's number 14, so-and-so. I'm like, all right, cool, man. That's awesome. And tell him, keep working hard. He's like, well, who'd you, who, who'd you see? And I was like, well, I came to see uh, John Wall. And, and the dad goes, wait, he went 0 for 3. I said he did, and he said my my son went three for four, and I was like, your son. I looked back at my notes, and I was like, your son also had two infield hits and a and a duck fart over the first baseman's head. He was laid on seventy five miles an hour, and and John Wall had great at bats. He hit the ball hard, and he is zero for three. But I'm taking the zero for three guy over the three for four guy because this guy can play baseball, and your son cannot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't understand that. Now and the the worst thing I guess is like when the radar guns go up and people start oh, coming over. Brutal. And I'm like, I mean, we always do like a. I say we. Uh, I won't name the programs, but we did this like plus five, minus five thing. Um, kind of just you know, give them a give them a BS number and um, hear the excuse like, oh yeah, you had a football game last night or like. Uh, his, his pitching coach wanted him to throw a bullpen. All right, cool, man. Um, I mean, or even at camp. Like, you've seen pictures of, of college camps. Of, for example, Impact, of, there's 50-something coaches there. We're all sitting around. Not sitting around doing nothing, but, like, we're all sitting, watching what's going on. Um, we had – this is probably the funniest thing that I've ever seen happen. Um, I want to say this is at Brunswick. Um, we were in Myrtle. And we were there for a day and then finished at Brunswick and then went uh, uh, back to North Carolina after that. But um, there was a dad that came out um, while the game was going, while the like, scrimmage game was going on at Brunswick to ask questions about his son's performance. And um, legendary quoted coach at those camps um, was a guy um, we'll just call him Coach E for right now. He was a mid-major here, and then he got another job when that head coach left. Um, and he said, he, he said, yeah, you know what? I forgot to write it down. Right next to his name, he put 110. 110. <laughs> and uh, he was, uh, Dad was ecstatic. Oh, man, it's great. Oh, you know, what's the scale for that? He's like, man, it's, it's 120. You know, so he's 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 right there on being a perfect ball player, and um, he shook his <laughs> hand and all that stuff, and and he comes back, sits down, and we're like, what was that? 
and he just picks up his his notebook or picks up his camp sheet like what we see him right on it and he was like yeah i gave the guy a 110 and like half the coaches just started giggling man like, it was so funny and i was like, what, like what's that and he flipped his notebook around next to that kid's name all you see is real is the word no n-o my man took <laughs> absolutely a, a line from the top of the one to the bottom of the other one guy walked away thinking it was a 110 and little does he know it's like a 110 percent chance that that was a dumb move so <laughs> that's beautiful man and i had that i mean i got a beautiful job i get to do um during the high school season here in south carolina and um i got i got into a lot of heat last year with guys um had a high profile kid um went and watched him covered him and didn't like what uh what i saw i'd actually coached the kid in the past i love the kid love the kid and his family awesome kid um and when i wrote my uh my my eval and wrote the prospect info um he was 82 to 84, top to 86. And, um, you know, the, the college he had committed to was like, there's no way. Let, let me come out and see. So they come out with their own radar gun because mine's not right, apparently. And he was 82 to 84, top to 86. And the fact that I didn't fudge those numbers um, really, uh, really just I rubbed people the wrong way because it was this guy I thought he was the man and he said he is a good baseball player and a good pitcher but but at the end of the day there is no um there is no lie that he was 82 to 84 top 86 and that was yeah. a fact sorry and i'm not yeah. gonna lie because in this baseball business uh that we're in our reputation is i know if i call you know um if i call if i say hey this guy can play for you and make an impact um you trust me and that yeah. reputation comes with that. And if I say, hey, this kid's gonna need work, uh, he deserves a chance, uh, which I have before in the past, and hey, we'll try it. And they've worked out and some of them haven't. Yeah, and, I mean, we've had both of those conversations when I was at Peace, you know, and then, right. um, you know, that's that's the thing, it's too many, too many, got too many phone calls, emails, or whatever we get. You know, it's there's not a, a ton of honesty, but, uh, you know, whenever, if you call me, I'm like, hey, he's got a guy, or he's got a guy that we could develop. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the part of the game, man. That's it, man. And um, you know, and and I'm not going to call out any organization because um, I've gotten some flack over that in the past. But um, I'm just going to tell you guys, no one has ever ran a five nine four sixty, and no one's throwing one six pop times. Um, it's absurd. Um, out there, I will say this. I did. I will. I will put a disclaimer on that. It's not definitely not a five nine, but it was that fast. kid. That kid is the fastest dude I've ever seen. Absolutely. I, I don't, don't know about five, a five nine. Five yeah. nine uh, is not. I don't think that's it. I, I don't think. I mean, that's faster than Usain Bolt. He may be the fastest baseball player at his age in the world, um, but it is not a five nine. Correct. You. You will see the name and you will see the clip this summer um, when his name's called. Um, yes. But I, I've seen him plenty. He's fast. He's really good. But golly, man, don't do that to the kids. Like, there was right. a lot of slack for that. Right, exactly. And it's not the kid's fault. Mm-hmm. So um, to wrap this up, I know you guys are going to go on. You guys had a big day. I'm guessing you posted that Facebook stuff early today. Um, man, you yeah. and your longtime girlfriend, Kristen, do a bunch of awesome, awesome things, man. Um, and like I talked about on podcast number two with you, uh, on part two, it was uh, uh, my niece um, got Goliath uh, for Gervais syndrome and her seizures. 
um, wonderful, terrific golden doodle. When they, when I see the guy and he puts his big body over mine and like laps me, I, I feel like I may be dying. He knows something I don't know. They're so intelligent. Um, but tell a little bit about how awesome, um, go into a little more detail uh, about what you and Kristen did this morning and, um, and what you guys do, um, to help out, um, in the, in the greater Raleigh, uh, carry community. Yeah. So, um, about two years ago, um, a little over two years ago, we um, had a friend that uh, started volunteering a program um, called Eyes, Ears, Nose, and Paws. They um, help train service labs um, from the time that they're, you know, puppies, really. They could be born within the program or they come from somewhere else about nine, nine weeks, ten weeks or so, um, and help... Uh, they help train them to be uh, medical alert, medical assistance dogs, mobility assistance dogs. And um, we've been doing that now for a couple of years. Um, we've had prob- over 20 dogs, um, different capacities, uh, yellow labs, black labs, golden retrievers. Um, and the first one we got um, was November, right before COVID, so November 2019, I wanna say. And uh, he was nine weeks old. Um, we had him um, from that time until he was about six months, seven months old. Um, and our job basically at that point was to help him with um, like house training. Um, you know, and that, that ranged from like crate training to house breaking to walking on a leash, um, some basic commands. Um, then as he got older, um, you know, teach him some base um, commands for what he's about to go train for. We'd go to uh, training class like once or twice a week. They were like an hour apiece. Um, be a group of us. We'd go to different places. Um, just learn basically how to help these dogs on their way to their specific training. Um, then COVID hit and the stay at home order was issued in North Carolina and we had to send him off to prison. And I didn't know, like for a while, I didn't know what the heck that meant. They would always say, oh, they're going to prison. Yeah, prison. yeah. I could just they do that with Goliath. Yeah, it, it, dude, it's incredible. I think it's a national program. Um, it's called ABLE at both ends of the leash. And these dogs go to uh, correctional facilities, like minimum correctional facilities, um, the inmates um, that, are, that are housed there. And this is probably like the top, um, you know, top thing you can do as far as like, you know, you have really good behavior. Um, you know, some some folks uh, that are in there, they may like be the librarian or um, do something with, um, you know, work, you know, work assistance program, whatever it may be. But this is like the highest honor I think you can have. Um, they get to train a dog um, from the time they get there until the time the dog graduates on all these things, whether it's um, seizure alert detection, diabetic alert detection, mobility, or any other like blood, uh, bloodborne um, disease that somebody may have their life affected by like on a day-to-day basis. <clears throat> um, so they go there, uh, they train with the inmates, um, and they do a fantastic job. Like it's, it's incredible um, to see the dogs uh, come out and uh, they come out to us once a week so they're in there or once a, one week a month they're in there for three weeks training and then they come out to us um we rotate like every tuesday we get the same four dogs for you know x number of time um we do some stuff with like public assistance training bring them to like grocery stores restaurants parks uh 
I mean, ride the bus, you know, get on the escalator, elevator, um, teach them how to do, teach them how to open doors, um, pick up items for people, um, sniff stuff out, alert, um, alert people. And and it's been, it's been incredible, honestly, to see it. I told Kristen, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, we get a lot of fulfillment um, with the dogs. Um, the, uh, the inmates in the correctional facilities, they get a ton of fulfillment too, because, you know, it's not exactly probably where they saw themselves, but they get to be a part of of this organization, be around a dog, um, all the time. And then, you know, whatever client that, um, the dog ends up with, you know, they're fulfilled too, because now they, their day gets a little bit easier, no matter what's going on. Um, if, if the dogs don't make it through, uh, they gotta be they gotta be like top notch obviously like it's not oh you know you can sit stay and and roll over um if they don't make it through there's other organizations dogs dogs can go to um whether it's guide dog school um the um what is it up in maryland um wounded warriors i believe or canine connection sorry um helps out veterans uh that are that are um, going through some stuff, uh, either mentally or physically. Um, yeah, there, there's a ton of different places. If companion for maybe a child with autism or, um, you know, an older um, individual that may need some, may need some help with day-to-day things, then, you know, it's, we, we try, we just try and help people out as much as they can. Um, if they get adopted, you know, we're looking to find a, a good family for them because they, that family may need um, some assistance as well somewhere along the line. Um, so, you know, trying to just place the dogs with um, with people who, who who could really benefit from having a buddy around. Um, and the labs, like, they love they, they love that stuff. Like, they, they love to work. Um, they love to please. Um, so, you know, the, the, that breed is always there for you no matter what. Um, even, you know, they, they might be overly clingy sometimes, but, like, that's, that doesn't bother me at all, honestly, because I'm just right. a dog guy. So... Um, yeah, it's been an eye-opening experience for sure. This past Saturday, um, we uh, had a little going away party for the next litter uh, of dogs that was that they were heading off to go train, and we had been with them. We would we'd go over there twice a week for about two and a half hours um, from the time they were two weeks old till eight weeks old, just kind of taught them how to do things, um, or settle down, put on a vest or a, or a harness, um, learn how to eat solid food um you know teach them basically everything that a a little puppy needs to know before they head off to training so um, i fell in love with one of them and uh uh she was she was awesome if you see any pictures on my instagram or facebook um the little yellow little girl uh bell she was awesome she was she was super clingy to me i always chewed on my beard so So how how difficult is it when um, it's got to be? How difficult is it when it's time to let those those pups go? Sure, um, our first one was the toughest. That that's for sure. Uh, yeah, he was with us every day, um, and then he went off, and, and we didn't know when we were gonna see him again. We ended up getting to spend more time with him a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I think it it got a little bit easier. Um, we stopped doing um, the puppy training and started doing. Um, like long-term care or um, what we call furloughs, what we're doing right now when the dogs are in prison and then come out to us um, for a week. Um, it got easier just because like we started to understand and, and be more involved with the program and see right. you know, how many people were positively affected by it. 
and uh, yeah, it got, it got easier. And you know, we love the dogs. There's not a dog that we have um, or that we've had that that we could be like, oh, no, nah, he was he or she like she was she was bad. Uh, they were, they were all they were all awesome. So I mean, you can't you can't beat that, man. That's just one of the um, best parts. I mean, you guys obviously you do a lot of this stuff at your house too. Yeah, so um, right now uh, we got a little guy. He's new. Um, he's six months old. Black Lab. He's got a lot of energy. Still learning. Um, he's about to go in for his first big training, and we'll see what kind of like progress he makes. But they they stay at our house um, while they're here for the week, and uh, you know we take them places, let them experience stuff. And um, yeah, Kristen has been like the. It's been cool to watch her do it. Um, just because she said, like, I mean, we're both invested, but she is so, she is so, like, passionate about it. And, um, you know, we, we have a, we've had a good time, you know, working, working with the dogs together or, you know, sharing experiences with them that, that typically we wouldn't get to do without, without being a part of the program. Yeah, hey, good girl is hard to find, man. And I cannot, uh, you know, looking back, it's it's crazy. You know, I'm super blessed and thankful that you said uh, yes to come to Stanley. Um, we've had a lot of good times there, a lot of good times since. Um, you know, we're definitely going to uh, um, have we're going to bring you back on when when Lamb comes on to so you can sure. You know, ask him if if you know hey, you couldn't have done nothing to help me out here. I mean, I'm a good guy. <laughs> Look at what I do now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's. I'm, I'm excited to get to hear from him. I, I tried to reach out to him um, once about uh, some players at Purnell, and um, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really get anything back from him. But um, yeah, it's, it's all good, and I'm sure, I'm sure he's busy. Um, they're 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 a good team. They're ro- rolling through state state playoffs. Um, yeah, and that's that's a big deal in high school here. And <clears throat> but you know, definitely definitely would like to say hey to him. I mean, yeah, just like, same with Hatley. I'd like to definitely hear from Hatley. Um, I think we talked about the Where's Waldo and find, trying to find J-Wall, too. Yeah, so, like, definitely. all those guys. Um, We're going to make sure that he comes out. My biggest thing, I'd like to, like, maybe run into Hatley sometime. Kristen's family lives um, in Norwood. So, I get to head back down. Yeah down there actually her family's going to be around um mama noise still kicking um they don't let me go as much as i used to go when i was in school but um it's fine uh but yeah it's like you know crossing crossing over the lake and passing the dawn and all that stuff you know just brings back memories every time you like kind of ride down 52 or or whatever you're close to Avonmore but like it'd be funny to run into Hallie like on accident I'd like yeah, I mean, hell, at this at this point, just be there on a weekday, running Hatley Electric, and see what's going on. Uh, I can get you to his house also, but I do appreciate all the FaceTimes over the years, um, where you're flying down the road or uh, the pictures you've taken of the Don driving by, because um, it was definitely a special place, man, um, and a lot of time and effort um, at that place, and a lot of a lot of great memories. And um, you know, at the end of the day. You know, maybe, hell, maybe we'll be like 50 and something and bring back this program and um, you can be my uh, pitching coach and and, uh, associate head coach and 
and we can have a, a dugout full of dogs, literally and and metaphorically. Yeah, that, that's that's always that's always a good goal, you know. To especially especially down there, there's a lot of baseball history down there that people don't know about. And, um, having the base having a college team down there was, was I think it was really good for for the community there. I mean, it opened up a lot of doors for a lot of kids and a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, I mean, you got to stay in baseball, you got to then coach, and and um, and again, a good girl is hard to find. Um, we, I gotta ask. Um, I don't know. I'm sure Chris is not going to listen to this. So we 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 asking the we pop the question anytime soon or what is this? You you've been with this one for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's a hope. Um, it's it's a hope. You know, it's. I know it's on me. We'll keep we'll keep it. We'll keep it around, centered around that. I know, I know, uh, I know. Dill's got to step up in that situation, so um, <laughs> be, be, keep your eyes on it. Um, be on the lookout. Um, can't give an exact time frame, but um, you know, it's, it's something, something, one hundred percent worth worth looking looking into. So. It's well, a scary thing. I don't know that for sure, but uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. If you need the help, part, part with the, of I'm sure we'll all uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll all invest our time and come down and, and help you plan the sure the proposal. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I'm actually I'm actually now looking forward to you know throwing that in the group text and put in somewhere and seeing who shows up. I'm still well, still standing I mean, out maybe. I'm sure, and I'm excited to um, not, not wrap this up with you, but um, get off. I, during this conversation, the the Eagle group tech has been going crazy about an alumni softball game or something. Yeah, so. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, of course, of course, Derek's the one that like brings it up. Like, yeah, I'm he's sure supposed to go I'm hit sure. bombs and show off. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's not fair. And then who who jumped in and said, "Let me know in case I get deployed." Like, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, Is that what? Hatchel? I hadn't read that one yet. Jeez. Yeah, I think that it might have been Hatchell. I know. Okay. I know that's why he's been he's been yeah involved in the in, in the service and I think he sent me some pictures one time from like Hawaii. I was like, man, come on, dude. What you, yeah, like go on, you're on going vacation. on over there, dude. Come on. Yeah, you're on vacation, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, excited, man. Excited. We might. Um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna bust through these guys. We're gonna find J Wall. We're gonna start um, a, a, a GoFundMe or something. We're gonna find J Wall, um, even if it's for one podcast, just to talk to them, make sure the guy's all right. Uh, much love to all the guys that came through the Eagle program. Um, excited to talk to everybody. Dylan Finks, you've been fantastic, man. Um, and like I said, we're going to get all you guys back on here at different parts uh, for a little 30-minute deals. Um, take care of the puppies. Take care of your girls. Yeah, Keep rocking in the baseball world. You are um, you are a guy that um, a lot of kids, and I know you, you touch a lot of kids with um, – uh, your base, your baseball knowledge every day, and and just taking care of them, and especially taking care of the dogs and um, those families. Um, I know, as a as a family member of a of a family that um, has a service dog, um, we we all can't thank you enough for the time you put in with the dogs. You and Kristen give her my best, and um, you're the man, dude. Just keep being you. Dylan Finks is uh, is 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 pure gold. I appreciate it. I'm definitely, you know, looking forward to hearing everybody else's um, memories and experiences and stuff like that. And uh, jogging the memory, just listening to all those, um, it's going to be really fun. And then when we all get together for something, um, I know that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a blast too. So, uh, yeah, we're have to appreciate you having me on, man, and, and spreading some of the, spreading some of the stories, and then you know the method, the recruiting methods, and 
hopefully yeah. if anybody has questions like obviously they can always they always reach out and uh, i can help them as best i can for sure definitely man you're uh you're one of the the old school lifer you could be uh just turned 30 but you're like me you're an old school lifer guy when it comes to baseball and yeah uh, you like to keep it real and i will be remiss i know your mom and dad you said they're doing well i hope lyle's doing well and jacqueline's doing well as well i appreciate it i'll, I'll spread that and you know, tell the family hey and um yeah can't can't wait can't wait to hear some more man for real appreciate you for sure man much love and uh I'll holler at you soon, man. All right, brother. Be good. All right, later. Wizard out.